Good evening. How is everybody today? It's good to be here tonight. I'm excited for what the Lord's going to do. Um, good to see y'all's faces out there. Glad y'all are here. Um, tonight I'm preaching a word that the Lord's really laid on my heart and He has opened my eyes in such a way. But our perspective. But see, your perspective for me to be talking back here, y'all's like, what's going on? What's... Our perspective is the way we perceive things, the way that we think things should look or what we expect. It's our mindset. And that's what we're... I'm telling you right now, church, I can promise you that it's not being preached enough in churches that our mind is, is the playground of the devil. Our mind is the thing that, as Christians, we've got to get control over our minds. We're so back and forth, we're so flip-flop in our minds that we can't get focused on what God has for us. So I want to preach a word tonight on perspective. uh, I titled this, God's Changing Our Perspective. And if you would stand with me, I've got some scripture I want to read here, and then we're going to get started. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3, 4, and 5. I'll give you a second to get there. Because we want to honor God in all things. In the big and the small, in the short and the tall, in everything, we want to honor God. If you get there, say amen. 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 (laughs) All right. For we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought into the obedience of Christ. Let's, let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, you ordained this, this time, Lord. This is a time that someone is gonna, someone's going to be changed, God. Someone's going to hear a word, not from me, but from you, God, that's going to change their life. It's going to change your perspective. God, I pray that you would anoint me, God. You would hide me behind the cross. God, you would empower me with the Holy Spirit to deliver your message, Lord. A, a time message to someone who's weary, Lord, that needs a, that needs a word, God, that you would, be, you would be exalted above on high, God. I would decrease that you may increase, God, and that I could give you honor and glory, Father. I praise you and I love you, and it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let me tell you something that changes perspective. And since God has given me this message, it has opened my eyes in so many different ways. and so many different things in my life that as a Christian man, you know, and I try to be a godly man. But things that I'm just not really realizing and grasping, not fully. And I guarantee you the whole church world's dealing with it. It's our minds. And um, I'll, just to give you a little bit tonight, uh, everybody knows it's snowed and it's a mess out. Well, I'm encouraged to be here tonight. I'm encouraged to be preaching God's message tonight. I'm on fire for what God's got because I'm telling you that it's going to, you get a hold to it, it's going to radically change you, okay? Because here I was, earlier today, I took my work van. It's an old 1986, it's an old panel van, and I got it up to the road. See, I live in the back of a, a, got to drive through a five-acre field to get to my house, and we live in the woods. You know, I'm just no uh, old Arkansas hillbilly. You know, I'm living out in the woods, and I get my van, and I've been having trouble with this van. 
I really have. And it's a pain to work on because every time you work on it, you gotta pull, it's a, you got to pull the doghouse off the motor to get to where I need to work. It's on the inside. So everything you do, it's just a struggle in this old van. And it's not been running right. So I got it. I got worked on it other day. It's running good. So today I got it pulled up by the road. And I thought, well, at least tomorrow I can start trying to get out and go to work. Because everybody knows we've been stuck. I ain't been able to go to work. We got calls. People lined up. It's a good thing. But you got to be able to get to them. You can't do nothing if you can't get to them. So anyway, I thought, okay, thank you, Lord, for that blessing. So now I'm ready to go. And it was getting close time to come to church. So we'd come out and our family would get in our car. We'd pull out of the driveway and get stuck. And I thought, boy, I tell you, I'm, I'm on fire. I'm fired up because, I, I mean, I was mad about it. Because I thought, I'm going to preach God's word tonight. And it's so important to me. And here I am. I'm stuck out. And, then I, and, and now I've got to say, okay, I've got to go get my monk boots on. And we've got to walk all the way up to the road through the mud and the snow and get in this van. I'm thinking, Lord, please let this van start. Because I, I I've got a word I need to go preach tonight. And I can see what the devil's laying things out. And the devil, he, the enemy, he knows how to press your buttons. He knows what works you up. He knows how to get you down. He knows how to get you fired up. And not in a good way. So here I am thinking, Lord, let this van start. It starts. And then we got here. So I just want to encourage you tonight. If you're walking through some things. And, and it, you see doors closing. And you're feeling like you're being pushed down. And you're feeling like there's nothing you can do. Hallelujah. God's fixing to do something big in your life. He's thinking to do something mighty. And, and the enemy, he can't stand it because he, he wants to get you down. He wants you to believe that you're a failure, that you've been making mistakes. You're no good. You're not going to go anywhere. So just sit down and don't be effective. God ain't got nothing for you to do. Those people don't want to hear you talk. But I can tell you that God has a plan. And I'm telling you, the devil has a plan. And as much as God's done, the enemy's running around behind trying to mess it up. And that's what we got to understand. We got to get our minds right. We got to get our perspective right. So I'm telling you tonight, when I think about perspective, um, let me just start with this. All throughout history, telling stories is a major part of communication. From sitting around our living rooms to the kitchen table, to even sitting around campfires. It's a, a, through these stories that we tell, it creates an image it brings to modern time. And uh, as we, it's a well-told story can completely change the way we think. And that's what preachers, a lot of times that's what preachers, that's what we do, is we tell a good story. Because there's so many times that in our lives, it don't matter if you're a preacher or, or what you're doing, if, if you're called to give a word, you're, you're giving some story from your life because in a way you can show how you've overcome Satan, how you've overcome his struggles, and how God is working in your life. So through these stories... Let me tell you, I want to tell you a story real quick. Let me see if I can look it up, okay? I just thought this was interesting. All right, it's called The Black Dot. One day, a professor entered his classroom, and he asked his students to prepare for a, get prepared for a test. And they all waited anxiously at their desk and then they, um, they, for the exam to begin. Then the professor handed out the exams. Um, he put them face down. Which is normal, what he usually does. And he asked the students to turn, them up, turn their papers over. So to everyone's surprise, there was no questions, just a black dot right in the center of that white piece of paper. And, uh, and of course, he's looking around to see what their expressions are going to be. You know, and they're, you know, they're confused. They're going, what is this? And he says, I want you to write about what you see there. It's simple. Just write about what you see there. So the students being confused... They start in on this task. They start writing. 
And at the end of the class, the professor took all the exams and he started uh, reading each one of them aloud, what everybody wrote. With, um, with all of them, with no exceptions, uh, everyone in there was, was talking about this black dot. And that's what they was focused on. And, um, that, and that was what uh, the black dot in the center of the piece of paper. Um, he says, I'm not going to grade this. I just wanted to give you something to think about. No one wrote about the white part of the paper. Everyone just focused on the black dot. And the same thing we're doing in our lives. However, we um, instantly, we continue to focus on that black dot, our health issues of, um, of our brothers or our lack of money or our complicated relationships with family members, our disappointments of friends, and sometimes our disappointments in ourselves. So this dark spot is very small compared to everything we have in our lives. But that's one thing that we mind, our minds focus on. Is on that black dot. So if everyone would just start, get their mind off that little black dot that's on your life. And just start thinking about what God's going to do for you and what he can do through you. And get your mind right. We've got to get our minds prepared. We've got to get our minds right. I don't think this is just an opinion, but this is, this is, this is the truth. God, uh, Jesus was the best preacher that ever walked the face of the earth. That's not just an opinion. I believe that's a fact. And when you think about what he did all throughout his ministry, what did he do? He communicated simple stories. We call them parables. The unfaithful fig, uh, the unfruitful fig tree, the mustard seed, the fishing net, the lost sheep, the master and his servant, the good Samaritan, the um, cost of discipleship, the prodigal son, the rich man and Lazarus, the sheep and the goats. Jesus being fully God and fully man, he knew the power in, uh, that would change people's perspective. And he's, he knew he had, to, he had to do something to get a hold of their minds. That's why he gives these stories so that anybody can understand. And that's all, that's all Jesus ever did his whole ministry. Yeah, he, he uh, was performing miracles. He was unstopping deaf ears and opening blind eyes. And, and the things he'd done or talked about thousands of years later. But it all come from he realized the importance of getting a hold of somebody in a personal way. And speaking to them was a simple message that anybody can understand. And he changed the world by doing that and continues to change it. So when I look over here, I want you to think in your mind, okay? It's a, our mind is a garden. Your thoughts are the seeds. You can either grow flowers or you can grow weeds. I want to convey to y'all not. I wish sometimes I had a better way of speaking, a better way of putting it. But I know that God's going to get it through. But you've got to understand tonight that we have got to get control of our minds. As men and women of God, it's the most important thing we can do. And it's, it's I mean, it, the same mindset when you accepted Christ. We've, we've got to stay in that mindset. We, got, we can't keep letting the world pull us back and keeping us confused and keeping us pulled in a thousand different directions. We've got to focus our minds. It says in James 1.8, it says, He is a double-minded man, is unstable in all his ways. You know, we're too busy. We're too busy flip-flopping, guys. we got one foot in the kingdom of heaven. Another foot is in the pleasures of this world. 
It's time to get our mind stable. It's time to get our mind focused. It's time to start doing what God wants his men and women, his children to do. As men and women of God, he's got a simple way that he wants us to live. But the world's come in with so many things, and it keeps us pulled and torn, and it keeps us uh, distracted. You've got to fight for a clear mind. You've got to fight to keep your mind focused on God. Now, I think about uh, the, great, the greatest argument for Christianity or against Christianity is the life of a Christian. That's, that's Adrian Rogers. That's not Brother Scotty. I ain't good enough for that. But anyways, still, it's just as true. <laughs> um, that's the greatest thing is, is a Christian life. The way we're acting when we're out, the things you're doing when nobody's looking, that's what matters more than anything. You know, everybody will put on a happy face and will say the, the right words, and we're all guilty of it. When we're in church, we all know the right etiquette. The right way to talk, the right way to worship, the right way to... But God wants us to fix our mind on these things. And it needs to not just be a habit we do because what people expect, but what we do because we're giving honor and glory unto God. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's why we're supposed to be doing it. we got to get our minds and our perspective on God. And I think about, you know, what are we all looking for? We're all looking for truth, ultimately. That's what everybody... There's nobody here who wants to say, hey, you can tell me, I'm okay with it. Everybody's looking for the truth. We all want the truth. Ultimately, and this world says, I know I've heard it said, I don't know which way it's said, but it said, uh, find your truth or what's your truth. I don't want this world's truth. I don't want your truth. I want the truth that's for me that God's got for me. I don't want anybody else's truth. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't want your truth. I don't want your truth. Because my Bible tells me that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And I want to expound on that for a second. He is the way to truth. And when we find that truth, then we find everlasting life. That's why he's the way, the truth, and the life. In John 8, 32, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. When you know the truth, your mind is free. Your mind is focused. It can be clear. There's nothing, there's nothing muddy in the water. You've got a clear vision and a right perspective of what God wants for you. And I'm telling you, church, we've got to fight to hang on to that. Because as soon as we get our mind right, I don't know how many times, and I know I'm not speaking for myself, how many times in here have you not really been living right? Honestly, maybe, you know, you're losing your temper a little bit at work. Maybe you've said a bad word somewhere. You're not living just exactly like you know God wants you to live, but you're not really noticing it until you have a really good church service. And the Spirit of God moves in a big way, and you think, man, I was not living right. I mean, I was not doing right. Let's be honest in here. I mean, you know, we're all going to be judged. Every knee's going to bow, every tongue's going to confess. You know, we're sitting in God's house. Let's be honest with one another. Too much fake in church. Too much fake in, uh, on television. Too much, there's too much propaganda in every situation. We've got to get our minds fixed on God. We've got to get our priorities straight. We've got to get our perspective on the Lord. God wants to change our perspective. And so much, he wants to change your perspective so much, he'll send a little salt off country boy to tell you about it. But ain't that something? God, he don't work by the ways and the things that we think men and women should work by. You know, I'll, I'll think about in uh, the Bible, when I look at Moses, how he sent Moses to uh, the Pharaoh of Egypt, and he said, let my people go. And, he, and we know the story. He, said, he went back and forth, ten different plagues. 
We all know the story. And then finally, Pharaoh let his people go. And they went down, and Moses went down, and he had part of the Red Sea. So stretch your arms out like you're part of the Red Sea. All right, now hold them there until I get done preaching. <laughs> I'm going to preach for three hours and 67. No. Uh, anyways, you put your arms down. But this thing, arms would tear out just in a moment. Of just sitting here in a comfortable pew. And think about him out there. And this is not, I don't, from what I studied, this was not a very fast thing. I'm sure to part the Red Sea and for the ground to be dry and for them to get through there, this took some time. Okay? So he had, but he had men. Let me, let, me, let me tell you this on the other hand. He had men that come in beside him. And you got brothers and sisters in this church that will come in beside you and will help hold you up when you get down. That's what we got to start focusing on. We got a church family here. You're not here by chance. You didn't wander in off the street because you had nothing better to do. You're here because God has ordained for you to be here. You're here because he wants to do a work in your life. You're here because you're part of a church family. And I guarantee you, the devil, he'd love nothing more than to tear us apart from our family and from each other because that makes us weak and vulnerable. He knows the main way to, if he can get between us and God is to separate us from each other. And he, it's easier to separate us from God. That's it. I've heard pastors say it, and I think it's a wonderful vision. When they, uh, I guess uh, I can't think of the right words. Anyways, when he's talking about how on the National Geographic, whenever you've got a, you got a pack of gazelles, and when one gets away from the pack, it's much easier for the predator, the enemy, to come in and attack it and take it down. That's what we've got to stay together. You know, they say blood's thicker than water. Well, we're a church. We're a family. And we're, another, we're bound under the blood of Jesus. And I guarantee you that's thicker than water. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. We're bound by the blood of Jesus. We're a church family. We're the body of Christ. We're the hands and the feet. We're the toes. We're the elbows, the knees. We're all things working together to serve a living God. Let's get our perspective right. <clears throat> and whenever I'm thinking about it says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty. Our weapons, you know, it would have been, it would have been a lot cooler, wouldn't it, if our weapons would have been like a big machine gun or maybe like some kind of a tank truck or even some kind of a big bull whip or something. But our weapons are not some of these things that we can work out of our power, but our weapons are God's word and their prayer. And the reason why God made them that way is because whenever you walk through that challenge, you walk through that struggle, it's going to be God who gets the glory. It ain't going to be Brother Andrew. It's not going to be Brother Taylor Foster. It ain't going to be that pastor or his wife. It's going to be God who gets the glory. Whenever you walk through that challenge, when you walk through that struggle. Boy, I tell you, you know, something about the reason why I worship like I do, not because I can put on a show for nobody, but if you knew the hell that I walked through, if you knew where I come from, if you knew the family that raised me, you'd stand up to your feet in this place, you'd tear it apart. Because I guarantee you, God had a bigger plan for me than what my family could do. God has a bigger plan for you than what you have for yourself. When you walk through the fire that the devil has lit, and you come out the other side, because my Bible tells me that I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I've got favor on my life, and I've got a God that is merciful. And it, He's extended His hand of mercy and His hand of love to us all the time. Hallelujah. That's the kind of God worth following. Our weapons are the Word of God. 
Our weapons are prayer. I think it's perfect when it talks about, in Luke chapter 4, it talks about how Jesus, when he's baptized and he comes up. And I like this part. I heard a preacher put this on there. Maybe you've heard it, maybe you ain't. He talks about back in the time whenever uh, Noah and his ark. And then he sent the dove out to go and see if, if the land, the water receded. When Jesus is baptized, he comes up out of that water. I believe that dove was flying by. Because it says the, the, uh, it says the Holy Spirit descended upon him. I believe that dove was worn out. And he landed on Jesus. And he was full of the Holy Ghost at that point. And at that point, he was tempted and tested in every way that me and you would ever be. But yet, what did he use? He could turn those loaves of stone, uh, those loaves of uh, those stones and loaves of bread. But he didn't. He used the word of God in every way. Because see, it, it, ultimately it can't be about us. Me and you were too petty. We're too selfish. We're too, we're too one-sided. It's got to be that we use God's method of warfare. We use his ways because we're not warring against the flesh. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a spiritual battle we're in. It's a battle over your mind. It's a battle over your spirit. and of your. It's a battle that we have got to stay in the fight. We've got to hang on to what God has promised us in his word. <clears throat> Jesus walked through all those temptations, yet without sin. You can walk through those temptations without sin. Philippians 2, 5 says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. It's about our mind, guys. Are you getting that? Your frustration. Your worries, all right there, the devil, he knows how to pick away at you. He knows how to break you down. He knows how to frustrate you. He knows how to break your heart. He knows how to come into your family, to your marriage. And he knows how to try to destroy things. That's why we got to be alert as, as men and women of God all the time. We've got to be alert because he's looking to destroy. He's looking to take our happiness, our joy. We've got to keep our perspective on God. He's changing our perspective. We've got to keep our perspective on God. <clears throat> and then it talks a little bit more down in uh, 4. It says, uh, Our weapons are, are, are warfare. They're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, strongholds, the definition is that basically it's a place that has been fortified so as to protect it against attacks. It's a fortified place, a strong. A stronghold is any mental block that you have. And we've all got them in different ways, different things. We're all worried about something. We're all working towards something. We cannot let these strongholds hold us down. Strongholds of the mind is anxiety, despair, fear, judgment, performance, lust, pride, and self-righteousness. As a child of the living God, we are not, uh, it's not a personality trait. These are strongholds. You may be thinking, you know, I'm just shy. I'm shy. I'm not, I'm not very intelligent. Or maybe I, whatever the devil's feeding you is a bunch of baloney. Because these are not characteristic traits. These are strongholds. And we've got to break these strongholds in our life. We've got to break our mind free and keep our mind and our focus on, on the Lord. <clears throat> we must quiet our minds. In a world where our perspective is often distorted and pushed around and our, our minds were pulled in a million different ways, Jesus walked in this world 
and I want to, I think about all the things that he done. I think about how through his ministry, think about it. When he went to a city, the woman with the issue of blood, there was mounds of people just crashing into him. Everybody wanted to get by him, and they had a need that they knew that he could meet. And this woman fought through him, and she just wanted. She thought, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I can be healed. This woman was unsavory. She was unclean. She was not supposed to be in this crowd of people. She's not supposed to be nowhere around there, people. If you start looking at the way things was in that time. But she was desperate. Why do we got to get desperate before we try to fight to get to the Lord? Why do we got to get desperate? We should always be fighting to get to the Lord. Not waiting until we're desperate or until our finances are in trouble or until the cars broke down. We should be fighting, struggling constantly to keep our mind and our perspective on God and to keep ourselves close. I'm telling you guys, think about it. You know, maybe I'm not one of the great preachers of the world, but I'm giving you a word right now that your mind is confused. Your mind is, is, has got stuff all over it and, and the waters are muddy and you can't see clearly. You can occasionally, but the devil constantly trying to put the blinders back on you. He's constantly trying to cover your eyes. That's why we're supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. He's steadily, get that in your spirit. I want you to understand, if you don't get anything else from this tonight, you get the fact of you've got to keep your mind pure, your eyes open, and we've got to keep a perspective on God. We've got to quiet our minds, and we've got to step back from all the noise. Think about all the different things that are keeping us distracted. There's always something to keep you pulled. You try to sit down and read the Bible, you got to cook supper. You try to sit down and read the Word or pray, and it's time to go to work. It's always something pulling us out. You got to get your mind focused on that and, and, and wake up and realize that. But I want you to think throughout Jesus, his entire walk, all the, all the things he done, all the miracles performed, all the lives changed, the demons casted out, everything he done. He was, I mean, I don't think anybody's as busy as Jesus was. I know, I know I never had been, but he has changed people's lives in such a way. And even him, it says in Luke, Chapter 5, verse 16, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Because no matter what was going on, hear this, get this in your spirit, please hear this. No matter what was going on, he was always knew the importance to pull himself to the side, to get in a quiet place. God, we've got to connect with God. We've got to get our focus and our mind on God. We've got to have that quiet time. And I don't care if you've got to be running late for work. I don't care if supper's got to wait for another hour. It don't matter. You've got to take some time. You've got to give it to the Lord. And you've got to spend that time. You've got to build that one-on-one, that personal connection. That's what's happening is we're losing that personal connection with God. So therefore, it's easier for our minds to wander and, and to be pulled off track. Hallelujah. Lord, you, I mean, the devil, he didn't want me to speak this tonight. And I don't care if one person in here is the only one that gets anything. It's worth it. I'll, I'll come back up here and I'll do this a thousand more times if only one person will hear a word that's going to do some good in their life. Because that's what it's about. It's not about what we're walking through. It's not about the struggle. It's not about our personal losses and failures. But it's about coming together. It's about keeping our focus on God. We've got enough hanging in the balance. Everything hangs in the balance. Heaven and hell hangs in the balance. But the world is, I mean, television has got everything so distorted. You couldn't scare somebody in this place. It don't matter what kind of horror film you come up with. We're, we're numb to things. Nothing bothers us. 
As Christian men and women of God, we've got to be separate from that. We've got to keep ourselves personally connected to God in prayer. In the Word, suddenly trying to pray for our families and to pray for our, our church family. Pray for the community. Heaven forbid, there's people going to hell and we're not preaching the Word of God. Come on, somebody. It can't get more serious than that. There's no other penalty that'll be as bad as the penalty of going to hell. It don't matter what somebody does. The crucifixion, as bad as it was, it wouldn't, it, it's not going to be as bad as going to hell. The suffering of it, somebody shoots you, whatever. I mean, it don't matter what you come up with. The most horrific torture you can think of will not be as bad as the end result of going to hell. Our minds, as men and women of God, we struggle. We walk with God because of we're stuck on our walk because the, the enemy, he has perfected. I mean, we have a sneaky, sneaky enemy. And he has perfected a way to drive himself in between families. He's perfected a way and a plan of attack. Our busy, hectic schedules. We was talking about that already. Television and politics. Social media. Let me tell you something about social media. All these things are good in the right situation. But whenever these things are bombarding your life, whenever you're worried about how many likes you get on Facebook, let me tell you something. The truth is you're not seeing that those people that are showing that new house, you don't know what else they're going through. They're only showing you their very best. So it makes you feel like, you know, I wish I had a better marriage. Look at them. They're loving each other. They're happy. They're hugging up on each other. That's the kind of marriage I want. It's because the devil's perfected a way for you to be able to put your very best out there. And there's people that are seeing that and they're feeling like they're falling short. But don't you let nobody lie to you. There's nobody walking through a perfect life. We're all being tested. We're all being tempted in some way. Some, some, some type of fashion. We're all being tested. We're all walking through hardships of our own. So whenever you see these pictures, know that there's more in the background that you're not seeing. And your worth does not matter to God how many likes you get. Your worth to God is worth more than anything. So much he gave his son to die on a cross in a miserable way to be beaten, kicked, and spit on in the most horrible fashion you can imagine so that he could fulfill God's plan for our salvation. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody's got one of these. I want to preach for just a moment on this cell phone. Not a bad thing in moderation. I want you to think about now how the enemy's perfected this plan of attack on your life, on your family. You hold this little thing, what do you think? It's about three inches wide, six inches long. This controls your entire life. You can't pay your bills without this. You don't know what day of the week it is without this. Heaven forbid, if this went out, I wouldn't know how to contact anybody. If I can't push it and say, and say uh, Brother Carmen or Pastor Drew or Sister Shelley or Brother Taylor, if I can't push it, and I don't know what anybody's number is. We're way too dependent on this stuff, guys. This is this another one of the ways through social media and through these, we can't pay our bills without these things. There's so many things that these are constraining us to. Get your mind and get your focus on God. No, these things, are, they're not evil, but they can control your life. They can take away the freedoms that we enjoy. 
And they can make you a prisoner. You'll be tied to these things. Don't let the devil tie you to these things. Don't let him tie you to social media. Don't let him tie you to a cell phone. Don't let him tie you to the world. But let, him be tied, let you be tied in the renewing of your spirit in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo. Satan, he knows the best ways to separate us. Your family's under attack. I know a lot of this, guys, God gives me a lot of these things. I feel like maybe some of the time he's just kind of beating people up and doom and gloom. But you got to understand the seriousness of we're walking through a world to where your family's being attacked. And I think about one quick thing. When I think about Moses, he parted that Red Sea. Why didn't, he, why, didn't, why didn't God just make the water disappear? But you know, he parted it for a reason because he always does your promises to take the trials away, but he does promise a way to get through it. Think about that. There's always a way to get through it. That's why he didn't just take it away. That's why he parted it because he made a way through it. He's going to make a way for you. He's going to make a way for your family. He's trying to make a way tonight for a little country boy to tell you that you need to stay focused on him. That you need to quit worrying so much about the, about the world and being tied to things and you need to focus your mind on him. Get some prayer time. Use the word of God. Read your Bible. Be excited about the Lord. It don't matter what the Lord, uh, what the world takes away. As long as I get the Lord in the end, the rest of it really don't matter. That's got to be our mind. Set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. We've got to be kingdom minded. And our family's been under attack. You know, when I think about perspective, I think about how we've been trained, every one of us. Every one of us are trained, maybe even brainwashed, and end up believing that the way for us is that you're supposed to make X amount of dollars a year. You're supposed to buy the big house and, and the nice house, and you're supposed to buy the camper, and you're supposed to, you know, these things, I'm not saying these things are bad, but I'm saying when they take your mind off God, when they take your mind off your family. I, I can say just as much as anybody that I've been so busy in work. I've had years of my life fly by. I don't remember. Because I was spending every day at work from daylight to dark. And I thought, boy, if I just work hard enough, I'm going to get to these things that God has that's set out for me. But those things took me away from my family. They took me away from God. Don't let the devil take you away from God. That's all he wants to do is, is kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to separate you from God, get you, make you weak on the side, make you lame where you're an easy target. He can take you down. You got to understand, this is not just, I'm not just, I'm not a conventional preacher, if you can't tell that. But I believe God's calling men of boldness and power to proclaim the gospel. In a time like this, this world is changing. It's been changing for a long time, but we're coming to a head quick. And he's calling men and women that are bold and that are full of the Holy Ghost to stand up and tell people simple things like keep your mind and your focus on God. Amen. Your perspective's got to be changed and God wants to change it tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, so we've got to be in prayer about protecting our family. Don't just protect your investment. Protect your family. I've got kids that depend on me to be a godly man. They depend on me to show the way to be a leader, to show them to Christ. You're leading somebody to heaven or to hell, one way or the other. I used to work with an old man. He said, son, you're making a reputation whether you want to or not. The same way as a Christian, as a man or woman of God, you're making your reputation one way or the other. Our perspective 
and mind has been poisoned and perverted. We've been perverted and our minds have been poisoned after constantly. I mean, but think about it. What chance do we have? Constantly, everything you say, you cannot turn the TV on and not see a half-dressed woman. You cannot turn social media on and not have an inappropriate video all of a sudden pop up on the screen. What chance do we have? The chance that we have is for right now for your eyes to be unveiled. For you to see what God has for you. For you to see that you're a man and a woman of God. And he don't want you being perverted. He don't want you being uh, anything less than being perfected through Christ. Who he wants you to be. That's what he wants for us. Don't let the world pervert your eyes and poison your mind. Take some time out of social media. Off watching uh, those rerun television shows that make us so happy. That's the thing about some of these shows too. When they're trying to introduce homosexuality or they're trying to introduce some sort of a satanic way that goes against God, everybody's smiling. Think about these shows you watch. They make it seem like it's fun to do. Because if sin wasn't fun, you wouldn't do it. Why do you think we drink? Why do you think people get high? If sin wasn't fun, you would not do it. You wouldn't watch those perverted videos because it's fun to sin. Simple, it's fun. If you sin one time and it hurt, you would not do it. So therefore, sin is always fun. But your mind's been corrupted. You might get away with it once. You might sin against God. You're getting away with it. Nobody's seen that one. We're not in some bubble hiding. God always sees. You're never too, in too dark of a place. You're never in too low of a place where God is not seeing what you're doing. Hell's still hot. God is still good. Heaven's still real. Nothing's changed other than the perversion of our minds. Stop letting your mind be perverted. Stop letting your time be pulled from the Lord and focusing on God. 2 Corinthians 4.18 So we fix our eyes not on what is seen. Shelly, will you come back? We fix our eyes not on what is seen. Since that is seen is temporal. But what is unseen is eternal. That's where we should be setting our eyes. We need to be focused on our mind. On our, I want you to get that. Maybe I'm hammering it over and over and over. Maybe you can call me the hammer. I like that. I'm hammering this thing over and over because if that's what it takes, if it takes for me to sit up here and to completely hit you over the head several times with this, I want you to get the fact of you've got to open your eyes and don't let your mind be controlled by by this world. If you don't get anything else, you may say, man, I'm glad we're out of there. I'm going to listen to him no more. But you know what? I believe my eyes are open a little bit. I believe the Lord spoke to me a little bit. And if I accomplish that, then I accomplish my objective. Quit letting your mind be perverted. Guys, I'm telling you, I promise you, I know that every situation we're going through is constantly working us through one scenario to the next. I feel like I've been beat up by Muhammad Ali. I mean, I've been beat all over. And I know you feel the same way. And I believe since the time's coming closer to the end, and I know people have preached on that for probably 60, 70 years. I'm sure Brother Carmen was probably younger than me when he heard Ben preaching about the time is coming soon. But God's time and His ways are not like ours. And nobody knows when the end's coming, but we should be waiting and expecting. we got to be ready. You know, is that one sin going to keep you out of heaven? That one thing that nobody sees, because I do that at the house, God sees it. God sees it.
Open your eyes. Get your perspective on God. Get in, get in prayer with God and get some one-on-one time and connect in a personal way. Read the scriptures. Read the scriptures, guys. It's going to give you, it's going to, it's going to be food for your soul and it's going to encourage you to walk through these times. I want to do an altar call. And I want for you to let this touch you at your, I mean, right in your spirit. Nobody's responsible for anybody. I can't, I can't take you to heaven or hell either way. You can't do nothing for me. You can't buy or pay your way in. You pay as you go. It costs a little sometimes. Sometimes it costs a lot. But this is a pay-as-you-go kind of world. But I know the one that paid the price. And that cross, it still got power. That's not some old, some old story that old folks tell. That cross is still relevant. It's still real. It still got power. The blood still has power. Come to these altars tonight. And I would like for everyone to take a moment in prayer and just say, God, take these things out of my life that are perverting my mind. These things that are keeping my focus off you. God, these things that are pulling me away from my family. God, these things that are pulling me away from my church family. God, the things that are making me be a backslider. Lord, take these things out of my life. Open my eyes, God, and place them on you.